0: Welcome to the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we are talking free agents. So I threw together a spreadsheet that was the top 50 free agents heading into this offseason. And I don't know how many we're going to get through, but I just kind of wanted to run down who was available, kind of really quick, what their skill set is, and possibly like a team if I really think it makes sense. I'll throw that in there. But just macro It was weird. This free agent class, people were talking about it like during the season. They were like, oh, yeah, this free agent classic really isn't that good. And while I guess there aren't a lot of star players, I do think there's a lot of quality. If you're looking for and I mean, like if we're we're talking like what's important, probably, you know, at the top, it's like star player and then like, you know, building block players and you go down, down, down. And I'd say the lowest thing on that list is probably like just defensive oriented perimeter players. They're probably the easiest thing to come by. They're probably the the least expensive thing to come by. And then after that, like I'd say one peg above that is just like shooters. So like perimeter shooters, guys that can space the floor at like a decent clip. Now I'm not talking like the elite movement guys. I'm talking like good stationary shooters. Like those are probably the two easiest things to find in free agency. And I think this crop has a lot of really strong defensive oriented players. Like if you think your team just needs to add one or two defensive role players this is a really good crop of free agency for that and then on top of that there are some shooters some guards some forwards that can stretch it and then even i mean nas reed got re-signed but there are a few bigs that can also shoot as well so there's plenty of shooting in this free agency class there's a lot of defense but i think overall there's just like a lot of solid like i would consider role players for the playoffs that can be found here for i don't think like crazy money so We're talking free agents. This is the 2023 class. Um, We're going to have just unrestricted free agents. There will be player options that I think most of them have been worked out now, uh, but it was a little hard throwing the list together with that. And then I'll highlight the restricted free agents because the restricted free agents, the team that that, that had them last year has control of them, however you phrase it. They have the ability to match. So like Austin Reeves and Cam Johnson are restricted free agents. If they sign a contract elsewhere, the Lakers or the Nets can match that contract and they stay on the team. So originally I actually had, had unrestricted player options and restricted as three different lists of free agents. Then I realized like it would just be easier to understand as like one master list. So let's just get through as many as we can. I broke him up into tears. What I'm going to do is, because obviously I'm not going to be able to communicate 50 players in this podcast, I will. Uh, I think I already tweeted it. I'll retweet it. The main basketball accounts will probably retweet it. So you can see it if you have a Twitter account. But let's get going down the list because I want to get through as many of these players as I can. So Kyrie Irving is the top free agent. He is going to be going into his... Uh, I'm trying to think how old he be. 31 he'll be going into his age 31 32 season and he I've talked about Kyrie a lot I don't really want to talk about him more I would not sign him is he a really good player yeah but you're probably gonna have to give him a four I guess if you're the Mavs you can give him a five-year deal all of it's going to be in his 30s he's not a super durable player is he a phenomenal offensive player yes but he's more of just like a raw scorer than a playmaker. I think people think he's better at passing than he is because he's a point guard, but he is a a really good scorer, really good three-point shooter, but a crazy person, so I would not spend big money on him. After that, James Harden, I think, was just announced that he is going to opt into his player option, and they might trade him the Sixers, so we'll move on. Those were the two... Top of the possible free agent list that, you know, obviously were the two best guys. I know James Harden is getting older. He's almost 34, but yeah as a Hall of Fame player, you can play. He's probably got two years left to being like a really high end player and then it'll fade. Cause I mean, the injuries you, you're seeing and are starting to zap what made him special. He's still a good player. Still like, I thought an all star caliber player in the regular season. The playoffs were a bit of a mixed bag, but like there were some high points. So moving on to the next tier of guys, we have Fred Van Vliet, the point guard from Toronto, Chris Middleton, the forward from Milwaukee, Draymond Green, forward from Golden State, and then Jeremy Grant, forward from Portland. So a lot of forwards here. But I'm going to start at the top. Fred Van Fleet is the guy I like the most here. He's 29. He is a point guard who is a really good shooter. He's a good playmaker. He's a good defender. Creates a lot of defensive turnovers. He's screaming to be the third best player on a championship team. I think his skill set's kind of complement what you would want in your star players where it's like off ball he is a high high-end shooter and then defensively provides a lot of value so i that pretty much will fit with anybody and then on top of that he adds additional playmaking there's never been a team that's had too much playmaking so i really like him as a guy that's going to get a big contract but i really would be interested to see him be the third best player on a team because i I think that that kind of screams championship. Chris Middleton is an interesting case. He was, so he won, he, well, okay, so hold on. So moving back, at 2020, he had a crazy season where he, I, I don't know if he made an All-NBA team, but he should have. He was playing really, really well. Obviously, in 21, they won the championship, and he's been a really good player throughout his career. He is about to be 32. He missed most of the season with an injury, so are his best years behind him? Probably. Is he still a very good player? Yes, I think so. So I think it's been one of those things where like he'll he'll probably get a pretty big deal. And the back end of that deal might not be great, but the first two years are going to be pretty good in terms of performance. So that's just on the free agent market kind of what you have to do. He's another guy. He's he's proven he can be the third best guy in a championship team. So big value there. He'll probably just go back to the Bucs. I'd be really surprised if they didn't re-sign him because they have committed a lot of money to kind of their current roster. And it's one of those things like, They've shown they can win with him. It just makes the most sense for him to return there. But I guess if you're another team, you could try to blow him out of the water. I don't know if you do that for almost a 32-year-old forward that missed most of last year with an injury, but you could. Uh, after that, Draymond Green I have as the fifth best free agent. Draymond is 33. He is a defensive-only player in terms of impact. He is a huge minus on offense. He like really can't score at all. He can't shoot at all. He can pass, which is nice. He is a pretty good passer, but you would probably want to – Match him up with like a spacing big if you could. They didn't do that in Golden State because they had Looney, but they, it's kind of a different animal there in terms of. Like a lot of the time Draymond was at the top of the key with the ball passing to shooters like where it can work. I'm not saying it can't, but you do have to be a little bit creative because he is such a minus on offense, but still like really high impact defensive player. He's still easily a top 10 defensive player. I haven't really looked into it, but he might still be a top five defensive player. I don't know off the top of my head, kind of hard to say, but that's the type of impact that's there. And I think he makes a lot of sense. I would be very interested to see, I know the Blazers have been talking to him. The Kings have been talking to him. I think they could, especially the Kings really propel them because they just didn't have much defense last year. So Draymond will be, I I know he can be kind of difficult. I know he kind of loses his head sometimes, but just in terms of, of defensive impact, really high value stuff. So, Uh Kyrie Irving was the number one free agent James Harden I guess was the two on this list But it looks like he's being retained by Philly and maybe being traded number three I had Fred Van Vliet number four Chris Middleton and number five Draymond Green So that's the top five And then the last player that I think is kind of in this upper echelon is Jeremy Grant He's a forward he's bounced around he's played on a lot of teams, but he's a he's a two-way wing He can shoot the three he can score. I think he's another guy where We haven't seen it in a lot of high end situations, and he's gotten a lot better the last few years, in my opinion. But I think he could be another like third best player. I think if you're Portland, you got to retain him because you're trying to keep Dame happy. Dame wants vets there. Jeremy Grant's 29, he's in his prime. He's not super old or anything like that. There's not really a concern. You can give him a huge contract, big four year contract, and feel pretty comfortable with it. But I I really like him, and I would be interested to see if a team tried to, you know, kind of snake him from Portland and offer maybe more of a a winning situation but those are the top guys i think in the free agent class that can be real difference makers that can be real building block players because like just frankly there's not a lot of building block players that hit the free agent market it just doesn't happen that often like there's just not a lot of years where there's the whole I, what was that one year was it like 2009 or 2010 where it was like the entire like it was like something crazy, like 20 of the top 30 players were free agents. That was uh that was like in my high school days. That was a very fond memory of like the craziest offseason ever. That's when LeBron went to uh when he went to Miami. <laughs> that was wild. Uh after that, this is where we're getting into the like good, not great players, guys that can that can really impact your team, but they're not gonna be your star. So Austin Reeves, I think, is the next best free agent. He's a restricted free agent with the Lakers. He is a two guard. He can handle the ball. He can run pick and roll. He's really good mid-range shooter gets to the free throw line a good amount. He's really young, 25 years old, only going into his third year. So like, I guess he's sort of old for NBA standards, but he's only been in the league for two years. So like the aging curve actually just talked to Chip Jones on the previous episode of the podcast about this. Like the aging curve does matter. Your age does matter. But I do think there is something to be said of like, when you enter the league, things change. Like that's when you become a professional. I know like, There are people playing in the G League now. I think that's actually going to change things. But for the majority of players, they're playing in college. And like, I know that is like a semi professional environment. I guess they actually are getting paid now, but it's a different level of infrastructure around you in terms of you know the teammates you're practicing against the coaching staff you have the uh the resources from like the medical team like it's just a you know it's another jump into a higher league so Reeves going into his third year in the league like there's still room for improvement even though he is a little bit older for what you would kind of gauge for that but i i've seen him a lot i'm very impressed actually he's a really solid defender he's a little lower in all-in-one metrics because his defensive playmaking is really low but we have a lot of perimeter defensive stats here at basketball index and he's really strong in those so he's he's very good at like guarding he just isn't good at like turning the ball over at all on defense he like, just really doesn't do it but i think like the, the combination of those things is like, I, I think he's an above average defender. So he is a like probably slight, like neutral to slightly above average defender who's solid and consistent. And then on offense, he can handle the ball. He can score. He looks to be a pretty good three point shooter. That's gotten a lot better from, from year one to year two. It looked really good in the playoffs. And then there was like a couple times in the playoffs where he was like zipping some assists around like swing passes that I had not really seen him make a lot and like he's a good ball mover, he's a good passer. The thing is, like, he doesn't uh he doesn't get to the rim super great because he's not like a super vertical athlete. A lot of times he'll just pull up and hit like really tough mid-range floaters, very, very good at that. But he doesn't collapse the defense. And when you don't collapse the defense, it's hard to play make in the way that we see high-end players do it, right? Cause like to play make, you need to collapse the defense and cause a bunch of rotation. And that's where like the holes open up for the offense to score and Reese, can't really do that, but I still think he's a good passer. I'm interested to see how that increases. I assume the Lakers will retain him, but if some team comes in with a big offer, maybe he goes somewhere else. I'd be interested to see how that blossoms. After that, Cam Johnson, small forward, coming from the Nets, previously on the Suns. He's 27. He's older. He's basically in his prime. He is a really, really good shooter, like a really high-end shooter. That is a, He's a good offensive player. But the shooting is just crazy. So (laughs) as an off-ball threat, I really like him a lot. I'm interested to see how much money he gets. I think like there is uh, a trend right now in the league of an obsession with forwards where Forwards are great, and size is great, and I'm not against that. But I think there's just there's just trends. It's sort of like in fashion, right? Something will be in, and right now, having a team full of forwards is really in. So I think that will artificially increase Cam Johnson's price, and he's a restricted free agent, so the the Nets can match it. But I just think that's something to kind of look out for when his number does get released on what the contract is. I think it will just be a little higher than we think. After that, things get a little murky. I have D'Angelo Russell next. I'm not the biggest D'Angelo Russell fan. I he he has a lot of skill. I think that's evident. He can shoot the ball well from mid-range, from three. He had a really good shooting season. He's a pretty good passer. Like he can throw some wow passes at you. He just like lacks any physicality he's 27 so he's in his prime but like he's a really bad defender like whatever your lowest tier of defender is that's what i would put him in he just doesn't seem like he likes to be touched very much and you know we've all seen that player hyper he's more talented than he is good you know and it's like oh, i wish you'd kind of what's that for like everyone talks about having the dog in him i'm like i don't know man i don't think it's there so D'Angelo Russell not very high on but he's one of those guys where it's like but he has a lot of talent. So I think that's the classic kind of NBA conundrum where it's like maybe if you don't even love a guy you're like well you know if you look if you, if you go to his box score for his career like it's it's pretty good like a lot of nice numbers. So I would love for D'Angelo Russell, ideal for me, is just him to get a, a large contract on a bad team and just put him nice numbers his whole career. And then people, whenever they argue, they go, you know, actually, D'Angelo is probably better than that guy that won a lot. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. Uh, moving on, Harrison Barnes coming off a fantastic year. He's 31. He was the stretch four in Sacramento. He provides good offensive punch. He's a good spacer at the four. He's got some size, 6'8". Six, six, and he is, he's a good offensive player. I'm interested to see what he gets in free agency. Not a great defender, but that kind of stretch for the new NBA where you play two small forwards, right? He he fits that role really well. And the the three-point shooting is pretty legit. After that, Joachim purtle he was on the Spurs. He got traded to the Raptors last year, big center, good defensive player. Just kind of like whenever I watch him sound, like he's like, a solid offensive big. He's not like super good at it, but it's it's serviceable. And then the defense is good. The size is is really good. And just like a legit above average, I'd say like slightly above average center. They're like, that's pretty valuable. He's like a starting center in the NBA. Like you're, you're pretty happy with. He is getting close to 28 years old. So middle of his prime. There's a chance Toronto re-signs him. They gave up a first round pick to kind of, Uh, Kick the tires on him. See if they wanted to sign him long term. And he played pretty well once he got there. So I I would just be interested if I was a team. This is the type of player where he's not going to break the bank for you. Right. You're probably going to get him on like a three year deal. And he's going to provide good defensive value where he's probably not a building block player. right? He's not a top three guy. But starter on like a a high quality championship caliber team or like a, a deep playoff team seems really reasonable to me. After that, Kyle Kuzma. He is the forward, formerly of the Lakers, uh, has been on Washington for the last few years. Is twenty eight. He is also in his prime. He's a player that can score. He, how do I say this? He's better at scoring than he is being efficient. And that might sound weird, but it's the best way I can describe it. He, <sighs> I don't know, how, how do I, how do I describe what Kuz is? He's like. A decent player on both ends of the court. I think the last few years, because he's had the opportunity to have more offensive load, his offensive numbers have maybe looked better than he is. He can make tough shots, which is nice. Like If you see the highlight reel of Kuz, it's pretty impressive. But at the same time, he's not a great one-on-one player. So it's a little confusing. He's like an off-ball player that can... Because so here's the thing, right? So most teams are like, you know what? I would love to have a a wing that is solid on defense, that can shoot the three, that can like create a little bit off that doesn't just have to be a stationary shooter. And you're like, oh, that's what I think. Like Kyle Kuzma sounds like that guy, but then like you look into the three point shooting numbers, and like he's not that good at shooting threes. So it's like that archetype like falls apart a little bit when you're like, oh, the. The three-point shooting like, just really isn't as strong as I hoped it would be. After that, we have Brooke Lopez, the center for Milwaukee, 35 years old. He's been really good, was in the Defensive Player of the Year. Who ended up winning that? Oh, Jaron won, and then Brooke, I think, got second. He's a fantastic defender. He's coupled well with Giannis. He can stretch the floor on the offensive end. Pretty good three-point shooter for a center, but the problem with Brooke is he's 35 years old. That's really tough. Again, I assume Milwaukee will try to resign him because try to keep their core together because they've been a pretty good team but brooke lopez is a guy that a lot of people are interested in obviously he fits that coveted role of really good anchor defensive big and can shoot it on offense but 35 like that's kind of the cliff for me except for hall of famers where brooke lopez fantastic player not a hall of famer after 35 it's hard to be productive it's hard to stay healthy and there have been cases where really good defensive centers have have aged pretty well, but it's just tough when the years you're paying for are age 36, age 37, age 38. Like it's there's just not there's not a lot of players in the league that are that old. The next tier down, we have Jordan Clarkson, shooting guard from Utah. He's kind of like six man, big time scorer it's not the greatest efficiency in the world in terms of scoring, but it's a a powder keg, right? You drop a match and all of a sudden, boom, you got 25 points. So Jordan Clarkson I like is like a high variance player that we've seen. Like he really can't defend. He's a very bad defender. He's kind of a small player. But in terms of just needing instant offense, he's one of the better players in the league. He is 31. He does have a player option. It sounds like Utah might pick up that player option and try to trade him. But if he hits the free agency market, he definitely does have value. But you just you got to know what you're getting. You're getting a 31 year old that only scores like this. This type of player always exists in the league. There's always a handful of them and he is one of them and he is a pretty darn good one. Playoff wise, it is difficult because he can't defend. and He's not a great three point shooter, but it's in terms of like. Regular season, innings eater, needs some points, really, really good, and then can give you sparks in the playoffs, which can be valuable. After that, I have Russell Westbrook. He is almost 35, but the big thing with Russ is, yes, does he have limitations? Yes, can he not shoot? Yes, is scoring an issue? Yes, but the playmaking is still really, really good, and then you saw it in the playoffs with Clippers. He played really well. It helped that, you know, this is the classic Russ thing, right? Paul George is hurt. Then Kawhi even goes down. And the worse the team gets, the better Russ plays. And that's kind of just how Russ works. He's more valuable the worst team he's on. But the last few years, the problem with his value was how much money he was making. Where it was like, is Russ still like providing value to a team? Yes. And the, it's all in the form of the playmaking. Because it's just, it's still very good. And playmaking is hard to come by. And it's very valuable. But the problem was you were paying him $46 million last year, which is just crazy money, crazy money for a player that is nowhere near an all-star impact anymore. And again, he's 35. He's a Hall of Famer. So he's still going to be some productive like years, probably two, two more years of being a productive player. But if you can sign him to a reasonable two-year deal, and you're coming in being like, hey, you're probably going to be the sixth man, right? You might not play in closing lineups because like that's not what your strength is. You might sometimes be not, might not all the time. You just, you're upfront with what the role will be. You could definitely get value there. And we saw him change his tune in terms of like role this year. So sometimes with players, I'm like, I don't really know that's going to happen, but we saw it happen this year. So I assume it can happen again. After that, Gabe Vincent. From Miami, point guard, he was making like no money. So he's about to hit free agency for the first time. So I think he's going to be going for the biggest bag he can, which is totally understandable. Probably, no, I'm not saying he's not interested in winning, but there are players that have made like over 50 or over $100 million here that have hit the free agent market where obviously money is going to be really important. But winning is important as well. With Gabe Vincent, I would imagine the money is just more important because he hasn't hit that payday yet. So he's going to be 27. He's in his prime. He's a good player. He's a guy I've watched a fair amount, but I don't really have like a good... I don't have a good grasp. I don't have a good metaphor how for how good I think he is. I think he's a a very solid player that has shown he can contribute on a winning team with Miami. I think that's the easiest way where like, sometimes I want to have like a fancy, Oh, he's the, you know, this, this funny comparison or whatever, but sometimes I'm like, I just have to explain what he is in the most basic terms. So we're getting pretty close to like top 20 free agents here. After that, Bruce Brown shooting guard with Denver, kind of a do it all. 27 year old played really well, defends pretty well. Can, I don't know, shoot the three, he can like shoot the three a little bit. He cuts well. He's just kind of a good basketball player. I think that's like the best way to describe Bruce Brown, where you can do a lot of things with him. He's very versatile. He can guard up. He can guard players that are bigger than him. He's pretty tough. He's pretty strong. But overall, just good basketball player, good role player, and shows that he can do it in a winning environment. He just won a championship with Denver. So Bruce Brown, a a really, really solid role player that is available in free agency. After that, Grant Williams. Grant Williams is a forward that is an interesting build cuz he's a really really big guy for his size so he guards up really well. He is kind of like a classic 3 and D player from the forward spot. He's about to be yeah, getting close to 25 so entering his prime. He's a restricted free agent but Boston is pretty they've spent a lot of their money so I would imagine Grant Williams won't be retained. So he, you know, we've talked about restricted free agents. Austin Reese probably will be retained by the Lakers. Cam Johnson, unclear, but I would think the the Nets would probably want to keep him. But after that, I think Grant Williams is the first restricted free agent that will probably leave the team he is on. Uh, After that, we got Josh Hart, shooting guard, kind of small forward on the, he was on the Blazers. He got traded to the Knicks last year. He played well. He does have a player option for 13 million. I don't know if that's getting picked up or not. It could. It could not. I don't know. He get extended. But basically, he is a a pretty good defensive player. He's a really good rebounder for his position. Offensively, he doesn't give you a ton. He's not like the worst offensive player. He's just okay. But I would say the things he's known for, his defense is good. and His rebounding is, is really strong for the position he plays. After that, Rui Hachimura, you saw him in the playoffs play really well with the Lakers. Prior to that, he was on the Wizards. He is also a restricted free agent. He's 25. He's a forward. Really strong mid-range game. Wasn't a shooter and then became a shooter in the playoffs. Was well, He just did everything in the playoffs. Scored a lot of points. He can score some. His weakness throughout his career is like, you've never really a great defender showed to be a pretty good team defender with the Lakers. He's a little bit stiff, kind of a a big Android, huge guy doesn't like change directions particularly well, but when you need him to kind of, Add rebounding, add size, add strength. He can guard up because he's so big. Just shrink lanes as a defender. I thought he did a pretty decent job. So those, I would say, are like the the main free agents. I think what we hit like around the top 20. That was kind of rapid fire. Those are the guys that... How would I describe them? There's some building blocks near the top. And then after that, there are some like real impact role players. I got to come up with a better word. So there's like star players. There's building blocks. So stars, you know, top 15, whatever, top 20 players. Building blocks, I think, are top three guys that can be on a championship. And then like high impact role players would be all the guys I just listed I guess, and then after that, there's just like a lot of role players. Like there's a lot, like going down. There's Seth Curry a little bit after him. Mason Plumlee is a solid player. Javon Carter, a really good defensive guard. Dante Divincenzo was on Golden State last year, just like a really solid defensive player. Can shoot it a little bit. Can ball handle. So like after after the guys I listed, there are players that do do things that can help your team. Like even a guy like Dylan Brooks, where like I know Dylan Brooks. Things did not go well for him in the media the last six months, but he's a really good defensive player. He is one of the better defensive wings in the league. He's not a very good offensive player, but like just in terms of defense, like you're not going to find a lot of better defensive wings in the league. However, you value that, I'm not sure. Because like we saw it was difficult to have him play in the playoffs because the, the offensive woes were so bad. But like he's still gonna like he's still going to get 20 minutes a game. Like, there's no, I don't think there's really a scenario where he's not playing a minimum 20 minutes a game because he's such a strong defender. Uh, Jay Crowder, you know, he's bounced around the league forever. Kevin Love's going to be an interesting guy. He's coming off a huge contract. He's going to be 35, but, you know, stretch bigs are hard to come by. Uh, Patrick Beverly is a name we know. He's pretty old. He's going to be 35, but played pretty well with the Bulls. Kind of struggled with the Lakers early on, but then uh, got traded. I think then he got like, released and he went to the Bulls. He played pretty well. But there's there's talent down here. There is defensive players to be had. Matisse Thibault's a free agent. He's one of those guys. He's a restricted free agent with Portland, but you saw him on Philly. He's one of the best defensive guards in the league, but he is like a big negative on offense. So there's there's a lot to be had here. But we hit on the the big time high impact role players, the building blocks. If uh you're interested, I'll tweet out the rest of the list. But there's there's quality to be had. If you have a question or want to talk free agents, this is one of my favorite times of the year. So uh, hit me up on Twitter at Taylor Metrics. More people have been just kind of reaching out, talking to me about things. It's been it's been pretty fun. It's been pretty it's been very cordial. Surprisingly, <laughs> people have been really nice and it's been just kind of fun basketball conversation. So again, on Twitter at Taylor Metrics. But that's going to wrap it up for the 2023 free agent preview. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Basketball Index Podcast.